Part two, chapter fourteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. The pilgrim woman soon recovered confidence again, and returning to her favorite theme, gave a long account of Father Amphilochoi, who was such a holy man in his life that his dear little hands smelt of incense, and how her friends, the monks, during her last pilgrimage to Kiev, had given her the keys to the catacombs, and how she, taking only some little biscuits, sukariki, had spent forty-eight hours in them with the saints. I pray before one, I worship, and then I go to another. Then I take a nap, and go and kiss the other relics, and, oh, Matushka, such peace, such blessed comfort, never did I want to come up into God's world again. Pierre listened to her with an attentive and serious expression. Prince Andrei left the room, and the Princess Maria, leaving her God's people to finish drinking their tea, invited Pierre into the drawing-room. "'You are very kind,' said she. "'Ugh! Truly I did not mean to offend her. I appreciate and prize so dearly such feelings.' The Princess Maria looked at him without speaking, and a gentle smile played over her lips. "'I have known you a long time, and I feel as though you were my own brother,' said she. "'How do you find Andrei?' she asked hastily, not giving him time to respond to her affectionate words. I feel very solicitous about him. In the winter his health was better, but this spring his wound opened again, and the doctor said that he ought to go away and be treated. I am very apprehensive about his mental condition. His nature is so different from us women, and he cannot ease his grief by a good fit of crying. He carries it in his heart. Today he is jolly and full of life, but that is caused by your visit. He is rarely so, if you could only persuade him to go abroad. He needs activity, and this quiet, monotonous life is killing him. Other people don't notice it, but I see it. At ten o'clock the servants rushed to the doorsteps, hearing the harness-bells of the old prince's carriage. Prince Andrei and Pierre also hastened to meet him. "'Who is this?' asked the old prince, as he got out of the carriage and caught sight of Pierre. "'Ah, I am very glad.' kiss me, he cried, as soon as he learned who the young stranger was. He was in excellent spirits, and treated Pierre in the most friendly way. Before supper, Prince Andrei, returning to his father's cabinet, found him in a hot discussion with Pierre. Pierre argued that the time was coming when there would be no more war. The old prince, in a bantering, but not angry tone, maintained the opposite. Drain all the blood from men's veins, and pour in water instead, and then you will have an end of war." old women's drivel, old women's drivel, he exclaimed, but still he affectionately tapped Pierre on the shoulder as he went over to the table where Prince Andre had taken a seat, evidently not caring to enter the discussion, and was glancing over the papers which his father had brought from the city. The old prince went to him and began to talk with him about business. Count Rostov, the marshal, has not furnished half his quota, and when I got to town he actually conceived the notion of asking me to dinner, I gave him an answer that settled him. But just look at this. Well, brother, said Nikolai Andreyitch, addressing his son, but patting Pierre on the shoulder, your friend is a fine young man. I like him very much. He warms me up. Many another has clever things to say, but one doesn't care anything about hearing what he says. But this one succeeds in warming an old man like me all up. Well, go on. Go on, he added. Maybe I'll come and sit down to supper with you. I'd like another discussion. Make yourself agreeable to my little goose, the Princess Maria, he shouted after Pierre through the door. 
during this visit to luisia Gouri, pierre for the first time appreciated the real strength and charm of his friendship with prince andrei this charm was manifested not so much by his relations with andrei himself as it was with all his relatives and the inmates of the house pierre felt that he was received on the footing of an old friend both by the stern old prince and the sweet shy princess maria and yet neither of them had hitherto really known him both of them soon grew to be very fond of him the princess maria whose heart was won by his genial treatment of her pilgrim friends looked at him from her big lucid eyes and even the little yearling prince nikolai as his grandfather called him smiled at pierre and liked to go to him mikhail ivanuitch and mademoiselle burlin looked at him and smiled pleasantly while he talked with the old prince the old prince came down to supper this was evidently on pierre's account during the two days of his visit at luisia gurie he treated him in the most flattering way and often bade him to come to his own room after pierre had gone and all the members of the family met they began to express their opinions of him as is always the case after the departure of a new acquaintance but as is rarely the case they all agreed in saying pleasant things of him End of chapter fourteen